This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. About a decade ago, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency overruled its own research over the toxicity of so-called forever chemicals that are used in hydraulic fracturing or fracking operations. The revelation about the per- and polyfluoroalkyl substances, or PFAS, came from the group Physicians for Social Responsibility via newly obtained documents from the EPA. According to a new PSR report, oil and gas firms injected these chemicals into more than 1,200 wells since 2012. My guest is Barbara Gottlieb, Environment and Health Program Director with Physicians for Social Responsibility. Welcome to the program, Barbara. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So these so-called forever chemicals, what are they? And what did you find out that the EPA knew about them in, you know, about 10 years ago in 2011, 2012? Well, the chemicals that we discovered were being used in fracking operations are uh, PFAS chemicals, which is, which is to say they're part of a very large family of highly toxic man-made chemicals that are very dangerous due to their toxicity, of course, and also because they last in the environment and they don't break down. That has given them the, uh, the nickname of forever chemicals. They seem to last in the environment forever. And another problem with these chemicals is they build up in the human body. If you um, ingest one of these chemicals, if you get one of these chemicals into your body, uh, it doesn't come out, it stays there. So that means that the risk because of their toxicity just compounds and compounds with more and more exposures. How did you find out about this information? I understand it was a freedom of information request that your organization, Physicians for Social Responsibility, um, submitted and you were able to get this internal information from our government agency, the EPA? That's right. The EPA responded to an FOIA or FOIA request submitted by who um, submitted by a researcher who was not at that time working with PSR. His name is Dusty Horwood. He's a great researcher and we were really glad to bring him into PSR in order to produce this report. He asked them about chemicals that were used in oil and gas fracking and drilling and they sent him thousands of pages. That was a few years ago. It took him a couple of years to work his way through the thousand pages, but he kept on pulling out more and more really interesting information. The problem with information that comes from the EPA about chemicals that they're considering for approval is that the companies that produce these chemicals are allowed to um, walk and black out, make invisible to the public the specific information about their chemicals. So he got reams of redacted documents and had to put the pieces together. But when the pieces were put together, what we found out is that the EPA approved chemicals for use in oil and gas operations that they themselves knew were either PFAS, a part of that family of really dangerous chemicals, or else could degrade into PFAS. And the EPA in their consent order actually acknowledged some of the specific health impacts that these toxic chemicals could have, and then they approved the chemicals anyway. So if you go to the EPA's website and you look up PFAS, these per- and polyfluoroalkyl substances, PFAS, um, it's very clear that the EPA warns that these chemicals can be found in food packaging and commercial household products and 
and even in the workplace in 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 industries electronics producing industries um and that uh, after rigorous scientific review that the EPA has you know assessed the toxicity for these chemicals etc so it is very aware even publicly these chemicals are toxic why did it approve of the use of these chemicals in hydraulic fracturing i mean this was if this was in 2011 2012 this was during the obama administration right it was during the obama administration and i <clears throat> excuse me i feel that's that's disappointing um I can't speculate about why they approve. Well, I could speculate, but I suppose I won't speculate about why they approved these chemicals. Uh, they did know uh, plenty about these chemicals. They had been involved in some major uh, uh, lawsuits or, or disagreements, let's say, with DuPont Chemical, who was producing uh, other kinds of PFAS chemicals years earlier and came to a settlement agreement with them. They knew what they were dealing with. Why they approved them, I don't know. I would only add that that was 10 years ago. Uh, the law under which the EPA reviews chemicals that are likely to be dangerous, the so-called Toxic Substances Control Act or TSCA, was amended somewhat in, in 2016. And so I hope that that gives the EPA a, a tougher regimen and a sharper lens through which to look at dangerous chemicals. And there is a new administration, there's a new administrator in the EPA, uh, Mr. Michael Regan, we're very glad to see him there. And PSR has said, we'd be happy to work with him and the EPA to make sure that we get better protection for people from these really dangerous toxic chemicals. So how are, why are these chemicals used, I should say, in, in, the, in fracking operations? Um, your report found there were about 1,200 operations where these chemicals were used. Well, what, what do they actually do for hydraulic fracturing? And then do they just seep into the water and the soil? So these um, PFAS chemicals are used to um, increase the, the slickness, if you will, of, of the uh, underground movement of liquids that when forced underground in fracking crack open the shale and let the gas escape so that's that's how um that's how the extraction takes place of natural gas or of oil from underground uh, shale formations sometimes these chemicals are used in food packaging sometimes they're used on umbrellas sometimes they're used on firefighters uh, turnout gear because they're sort of water repellent and they can make things make water run more smoothly or you know run off your umbrella or move more smoothly through an underground well that's my understanding of why these chemicals are used of course that in a sense is speculation because in the documents that we received from the epa we we weren't told where they were being used why they were being used these piece, these things had to be pieced together from a variety of sources so they seep into the, I am assuming the water and the soil, possibly the air, um, and, and they stay there until they might get absorbed into the soil. They might enter the, the human body if they're either through the water or the soil and, and then cause severe harm for especially people living around fracking operations. Let's, let's, let's step back a, a, a few words in, mm -hmm. in that, and let's just look a little bit more about how they get injected underground and where they go. So in fracking, the, the um, operator of the well will, will uh, 
inject massive quantities, uh, millions, literally millions of gallons of water mixed with chemicals. We don't really know what all of these chemicals are. We've just learned that they may include PFAS chemicals and they're injected at really high pressure underground. This has the effect mm -hmm. of cracking open the rocks, as I was saying. And uh, then the water and this chemical mix, as well as underground substances, uh, underground water that may be highly salty, a lot of this water is brought back up to the surface as wastewater. That wastewater can then be loaded into trucks and trucked uh, along highways, uh, trucked through your neighborhood, trucked past uh, farms and schools, and eventually taken somewhere to be disposed of. Uh, that happens sometimes in, in deep underground wells where it's injected once again at high pressure. Sometimes it's at such high pressure that the wastewater causes earthquakes. It's, I mean, it's really an astonishing industrial process, but it's dangerous all along that, um, that uh, supply chain that I've just described. So within the wells, uh, yes, they do try to remove the wastewater. Sometimes they actually use it for fracking again. Some of it stays underground. Where exactly that water goes depends entirely on the geology of the, of the site, of the, of the individual well. And I think we really don't know where it goes. If the well goes um, through an aquifer and if the, the, the well bore, the, the shaft of the well, which is coated in cement, if, if that cracks and leaks, we'll never know. So there are the threats associated with the, the water that remains underground. There are the threats with the water when it comes back up to the surface, and there are threats with the wastewater when it is used, we don't know where, or injected wherever. So that creates a very long chain of points at which people could be exposed. And of course, it is most dangerous to the workers in working on these wells or to residents uh, living right near these wells. And some of the wells are in rural areas. Some of them are in suburbs. Uh, some of them are even in the city of Los Angeles. So the number of people who are potentially exposed to these chemicals is very high and very worrisome. Let's talk about what PSR is recommending needs to happen. I assume that uh, cleanup is one issue, but while you're cleaning up a moratorium of sorts on, on using these chemicals and, and the longer term picture maybe on either banning them altogether and or simply banning the practice of fracking, which as we're in the midst of this incredible heat wave here in the uh, south and western regions of the U.S. Uh, could only be a benefit to us in the long term if fracking were to be banned. So what, what are the things that PSR is calling on the government to do in light of these revelations that you put forth in the report? Well, Sonali, you're so right. There are a number of things that either the EPA could do or state governments could do. Um, uh, um, a ban on fracking would be fantastic. And that is one of the positions that PSR definitely holds. We support a ban on fracking. We know that fracking is um, allowing the release of methane into the atmosphere, which is driving climate change and these incredible heat waves. Um, we know that the more we pursue fracking, the more we squeeze out the, the rapid transition that we need to clean and healthy um, renewable energy sources. But in the shorter run, there are steps that, that can be taken. Uh, a moratorium on using these chemicals is one, uh, but we need, even prior to that, we need to have um, studies. There needs, needs to be uh, examination, quantified uh, testing of sites where these chemicals have been used to see if they have leaked. We need more testing done on these chemicals to see precisely, as I mentioned, PFAS is a really large 
family of dangerous chemicals, we need to know for these specific chemicals, what are their potential impacts on the human body. We know that they could cause cancer, they could cause birth defects, they could cause toxicity to the male reproductive system. I mean, we're talking about really dangerous chemicals that can do severe harm. We need to know more about that. We also call on uh, the companies that use these chemicals to be held responsible for the costs of testing and cleanup. That's really important. This should not fall on local residents. It should, be, it should fall on the companies that are potentially creating these harms. I imagine that with this documentation in hand, um, residents of areas where fracking is very pro uh, prominent and also organizers that are working on uh, ending fracking might be able to use this as evidence in lawsuits or even as the basis of a, of a lawsuit if the government takes no action now that this information is known? Well, lawsuits fall a little bit outside my area of expertise. Um, it sounds like a really exciting possibility, but PSR is working with a number of allies to help put this information in the hands of people, of communities all across the country that do have fracking because fracking takes place in more than 30 states around the United States. It's not just Texas, it's not just Pennsylvania. It's a really very widespread um, uh, industrial process. And that's one of the reasons why we're so concerned. What do we know about how long these chemicals have been in use? Uh, your organization, the, the documents that, that uh, formed the basis of this report show that the EPA found out and moved ahead a little, or just around 10 years ago. But I assume that wasn't the first time these chemicals were used. We might have had these chemicals in use for decades. Well, I think, I think we really don't know. I mean, once again, it's been so difficult to figure out what's what's been used and where it's been used. Uh, again, the, the the process of redacting these documents it's sometimes ridiculous. I've seen documents where you can't see the name of the company that is requesting permission to use these chemicals. I mean, this is the Environmental Protection Agency of the government of the United States, a taxpayer-funded agency whose job it is to protect our environment for us. And it's redacting the names of private corporations in order to protect them. It's quite well, remarkable. <laughs> you know, the, the laws don't always work to protect us. Yeah. They're, the companies are allowed to invoke confidential business information protections. Why their name and their location would be part of confidential business information is a little bit beyond me. I, I understood that the law would... Uh, would mean that they couldn't give us the precise recipe for these chemical concoctions that they come up with. But apparently their protections under these laws is far more sweeping than that. Clearly the laws were made with their interests in mind and not with ours. So uh, PSR's website is the best place to get a hold of this document so that people can find out more about, uh, about it and, and look through it themselves? Absolutely right. We're at www.psr.org. And if you want to go straight to the documents, it's www.psr.org slash fracking chemicals. Pretty easy. And we'll post a link to that from our website later as well. Barbara, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, been a pleasure. My guest has been Barbara Gottlieb. She is the Environment and Health 
Program Director with the group Physicians for Social Responsibility. We've been discussing a new PSR report on how the EPA has approved, had approved the use of toxic chemicals in fracking. These are chemicals called PFAS or forever chemicals. I'm Sonali Kohatkar. Our website is risingupwithsonali.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and watch all our video interviews. You can also find our audio podcast on iTunes and on Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Are You With Sonali.